Which injured receiver should you go back, uh, go after in your drafts this weekend? What sleeping value is uh, on one big-time AFC West team this season? And who is going to be the hype guy for the 2023 KFFSC and FFPC drafts this weekend? We're broadcasting live at Caesars Hotel and Casino at the 2023 Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. Uh, and we are going to be joined by Fantasy In Frames co-host, and former KFFSC league champion many times over, Stacy Perez here shortly as my co-host tonight. We're going to talk about Rams running backs, Chargers wide receivers, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Stacy Perez is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. We are live from the KFFSC, and it starts right now. The pressure. I've seen Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Boltman and Farrell Elliott. Silence in the scripture, are we not all our father's sons? I became a man, nobody ever told me what a man was. Thank you so much, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all of you Balkaholics tuning in tonight for the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. It's the latest episode, and it's presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. I'll bring in my co-host in a second. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to talk about big-time decisions that you're going to have to make for drafting weekend. Uh, also coming up in the last you know couple of weeks of FFPC and KFFSC drafting, what you need to know, what you need to, to uh, bring to the table with uh, with you in order to uh, achieve fantasy glory this year. And you can achieve fantasy glory when you sign up for the FFPC main event right now, $1 million grand prize spot still available tonight. And of course the fantasy pros championship as well for the first time ever, a $1 million grand prize at just a $350 entry fee. A couple of best ball tournaments that we have going on as well, as well as uh, dynasty leagues, never had one fold in more than a decade, 1500 plus of those leagues have gone off uh, Dynasty. This is your home for Dynasty Fantasy Football at the FFPC. And don't forget our closed 12-team leagues that start off at just $5. MyFFPC.com is, uh, is where you want to go for that. Okay. You have seen her on this program before. She joins us tonight, uh, a former Kentucky, FF, uh, Kentucky uh, Fantasy Football State Championship champion of many leagues. Uh, she is the co-host of the Fantasy uh, In Frames show, uh, which you can uh, catch on YouTube as well. Follow her on Twitter, and I'm going to butcher it right now, Stacy underscore Perez 83, I believe. And oh, it's right there on the screen. I'm an idiot. Welcome in, Stacy Perez. Stacy, welcome. Welcome aboard. What's up, Falky? How are you doing? Doing good. Now, what people don't know is that you and I literally uh, just got done with the draft. And not only were we drafting at the same time, we were in the same draft, and we were sitting next to each other. You were in the four spot. I was in the five spot. It's the first time yes. I've ever drafted before uh, doing the show uh, in Kentucky uh, this year, and it was weird. It was weird for me. How did your team turn out? How do you feel about your squad? You know, I, I feel okay with it. I, I think I went running back a little bit earlier than I normally go, um, and and I don't know if that kind of like threw me off or not, but... Um, you know, just kind of, it's good to kind of get that first one out of the way and then see what, where the trends are, where people are going. There are a few surprises for me. 
Um, so now I kind of know some players that I had my eye on that went a lot earlier than I thought were going to. Um, so uh, I'm watching you guys. Beware. I know where you're taking people now. <laughs> you know, I, I was saying the same thing because Jim Cole was in that draft too. And he was drafting on the other side of the table from us. And I said the same thing afterwards to him. The first draft I do every single time. A lot of times it's the auction, which I'm going to be doing here in about an hour and a half. But um, it, it, it's just I'm kind of feeling my way. What's the line from uh, – um, a naked gun where uh, Frank Drebin said, like a blind man in an orgy, I'm going to have to feel things out. And that's sort of how I, w that's what I was doing. Right. And like, you just, you never know. And, and I was telling Jim, you know, because receivers always go so fast in, in the KFFSC. Um, I was telling him that um, uh, I looked at what was probably going to be available in rounds two and rounds three for me when I knew I was picking fifth and I'm like, boy, I should probably go with the running back early. And then it got to my pick in the second round. I'm like, God, I should have went with the wide receiver earlier. Because <laughs> you, know? you went, you, you, you took McCaffrey, and then I took Eckler. And then I was kind of, I, not that I was kicking myself. I, I think uh, we both formulated some pretty good receiver cores, uh, 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 receiver yeah. cores after that. Um, but I, I, I think like, I, I don't know. I, you never know the correct play. And that was a tough room too. Oh my God, Jay really Reed and, and, and Danny Mueller were were in that draft. Um, uh, Jeremy Brock. It, yeah. Like uh, Jim Cole, obviously, I just said mm -hmm. Jeff Jackine, um, all those guys, and FBI, the former Kentucky yeah. yep. uh, overall champs, like that. It's a tough room to be in, and I feel like it set us. It should set us up for success going forward the rest of the weekend. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> I, I, uh, we'll, we'll get into that, and, and it's weird because you and I were talking about this during the draft. A lot of the players we're going to be discussing tonight on the show were were picked by us or went a little bit earlier because yeah. of some news uh, that's going on. So without further ado, let's get to that, uh, Stacey. Yeah. The Athletics' Deshaun Reed has reported that the Raiders have refused to make Josh Jacobs available in trade conversations. Um, Reed's report is via league sources. So, again, who those are, I don't know. Uh, Reed also said that um, the Raiders are not thinking about taking the tag off and then making – uh, Jacobs, either a, a, a sweetener of a deal, like sort of what the Giants did with Barkley, or just letting him go to free agency and getting that money off the cap. Um, there was a report from the Las Vegas Review Journal uh, last Saturday that said Jacobs intends to report prior to week one. Um, and obviously, he doesn't have a whole lot of options here. I took Zamir White later in the draft um, just, just to see what happens. I feel like Jacobs is going to report, though. Don't are, are you drafting that way this weekend as if Jacobs is going to be there? I am, but I got to tell you, I'm kind of staying away from Jacobs a little bit. I think, I think if anybody has the potential to do full Le'Veon Bell, it might be Josh Jacobs. <laughs> um, that worries me just a little bit, but I honestly, I mean, I think the most case, you know, the most likely scenario is that he he comes back, he plays for the Raiders. Um, but you know, I do have a, a couple concerns because one, right, this team's not going to be competitive in the year. So is there that concern that, you know, later on in the year, they've got a losing record. Does he shut it down? If there's some little nagging injuries that kind of worries me, um, you know, and, and I think it's just something that you kind of have to look at and say, okay, if I'm going to take Josh Jacobs in a high stakes league, and I know that we don't like taking handcuffs, but given his situation here, and it's not an injury situation, it's a contract situation, you know, do you take Zamir White then? If you have Josh Jacobs, do you look later on and say, okay, I'm going to take Zamir White, you know, just in case things totally go south with Josh Jacobs, who knows? So I think that's just something that you've got to think about if you're going to take Josh Jacobs and kind of make that decision, um, you know, and really commit to it if that's the player you're going to take. Josh Jacobs uh, right now in drafts uh, as I, hold on, I'm trying to fix this here. And, uh, I'm looking at where he's going in, in the Fantasy Pros Championship um, over the last two days. Running back 10, he's moved up to the 305. 
I feel like he's kind of been in that mid third round range in the fantasy pros uh, for the last week or so. Um, and, and I think like um, the other thing too, and we, and we didn't really talk about this. He's the defending rushing champion. Um, and you always say, beware the career year, right? So should, we should be aware of that, that, you know, maybe it's not going to be all rainbows and lollipops again for Jacobs yeah. uh, this coming year. Um, and the other thing, the issue is too, it's like, you know, if, if he has some sort of soft tissue injury or some nagging injury, I mean, who's to say he's going to gut it out and play right. through it when, when you and like that, that's another thing that you have to keep in mind. Even if he does play, you know, he's not going to be happy because he's not happy with the situation, but he yeah. can't really change the situation. No, no, that's, that's what you worry about when there's kind of that bad blood there between the team and the player. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and obviously I like Zamir White late. I took him uh, late today. We'll see what happens going forward with that Jacobs thing. But I think that's something that you need to get right. If you're drafting this weekend, moving on the Titans official website, Stacy reported that uh, they are unsure if Traylon Burks is going to be ready for the start of the season. Uh, he was carted from the field eight days ago. I think everybody's just been carted from the field this year. It seems like uh, <laughs> it, it's really bizarre. Um, 17 days, or excuse me, I beg your pardon, uh, 16 days to heal up before their first game against the Saints. Um, Burks may not, um, we may not know what's going on with him until we get the uh, first injury report, which comes out Wednesday prior to that Sunday game for Tennessee. And we're, we're kind of drafting blind a little bit uh, right now. This was a darling of the high stakes community mm-hmm. a couple of months ago, uh, even a month ago, like prior to him getting, I'd say, I, I guess prior to DeAndre Hopkins signing. Um, he, everybody loved him, thought that he's going to big time, break, be a big time breakout player this year. And, and now not only do we not know if that's going to happen because of Hopkins, he's got this knee issue. This is an easy player for me to stay away from right now, Stacey. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, like obviously let's hope he's ready for week one, but I kind of thought, you know, with the addition of Hopkins, it made his situation just a tiny bit better too, because, you know, all the attention is going to go to hop, right. You know, it's going to clear mm-hmm. Burks to get some more, you know, see some more action, um, and I think also too, you know, one person that we're not talking about is, is Chigakonkwo, right? So like mm-hmm. if you were in on him earlier in the season, cause he was another, you know, late round tight end darling sleeper, um, you know, and then Hopkins comes around and we of course think that that's going to take away from Chig. So his value drops. Um, but now that Burks seems like that he could be out, you know, if you, if you were one of those really early investors in, in Chig, you probably got a lot of, um, you know, you're probably a little bit happy, not that somebody's hurt, but that, you know, his value seems to boost a little bit maybe at that point, because that's going to be your other option there. Um, mm-hmm. you know, unless we're talking about one of those, you know, nameless receivers on the depth charts there that, I mean, <laughs> you could probably play a list of like, who's a receiver in the NFL and who's not with those guys. Um, but really, I mean, I, I, I just really kind of think that it, it helps Chig a little bit there. Um, you know, boost him up, you know, and especially this weekend, I'm curious to see where he had actually took him in our last draft. Yeah. I was going to say, you just drafted him. Yeah, I did. I went really late on tight end. I just kind of like just kept going and getting away from me. And that's where we ended up with. Um, But honestly, I mean, I, I think at this point, um, you know, I think I'm curious to see how far his um, Chig's ADP rises because of all Mm -hmm. this um, injuries with, um, with Burks. And then now it's just Hopkins, but yeah. Burks is going right now as wide receiver 48 at the 910 in the Fantasy Pros Championship. Uh, and then you to, to your point, Chiga Conquo, tight end 15 at the 10-12 right now. So he's he's fallen a little bit. I'd like I just Hopkins, I think, is viewed as such a target hog, and it's not really a a, a passing rich offense in, in Tennessee, which I think has people yeah. shying away from that uh, a little bit as well. 
Uh, but that's again, this is this is something you know. You talk about wanting to have clarity for draft weekend this weekend. You're not. You're just simply not going to have clarity on this Burks injury until we get closer to the start of the season. And uh, getting it right is uh, is is going to be important. As with all these topics, we're going to be yeah. discussing tonight as well. Uh, let's move on here and talk about um, uh, uh, Jerry Judy, a guy that I drafted. Um, <laughs> probably the longest time I've ever taken to make a KFFSC pick before, but I drafted in the last, in, in this draft, I, I took him in, I think the fifth round, like the early fifth, uh, mid fifth, early fifth round uh, in, in Kentucky, obviously, which gets, gets pushed up a little bit because of the wide receivers. Um, Ian Rappaport said that he's expected to miss several weeks. It's a moderate hamstring injury. We don't know if he's going to be ready for week one. According to Rappaport, there's optimism that it's nothing long-term, according to the Broncos. Uh, obviously, this this bumps up Sutton and your guy, Marvin Mims. Um, yes. and, we'll, and we'll talk about him in a second. Uh, because if if um, if Judy's out, this is going to be a huge opportunity, huge targets uh, that can go to Sutton and Mims. Um, I, I think... Um, the, the problem I have with Judy is, is the unknown, obviously. And, and this is a soft tissue injury, which can be very tricky, sort of like turf toe, which we'll get into in a little bit. You just kind of never know. Like every body is different. And, and we don't know how Judy, number one, we don't know how severe it is. We know it's yeah. moderate. That can mean a lot of things. And we don't know how fast he's going to respond to the treatment and getting back onto the field. And at, at a certain point, and I think this is what I was kind of alluding to you earlier, talking about how tough a room that was that we drafted in. I, I was willing to take a few more chances to try to separate myself, and and, and Judy was one of those things. And I think that that you can do that again um, when you're drafting, either now or anytime before the start of the season. We'll hopefully get some more information on Judy as it goes forward. But I think like he's a guy that you could buy the dip on him, and it could work out. But Stacy, it also could blow up in 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 your face if you draft him uh, if this hamstring thing just affects him all season. Oh my gosh. Okay. So when I saw this question on the show sheet, I was so excited. So, um, cause it's going to get to, it's going to let me talk about one of my very favorite players, but as mm -hmm. far as that hamstring goes, right. With Jerry Judy, I mean, like you said, I mean, they're, they're really tricky injuries. I mean, look at poor Keenan Allen had like the worst hamstring injury in, in known to man last year and missed nine whole games. Like that was just mm -hmm. seemed crazy. Um, you know, Brian Robinson comes back after four weeks after being shot in the leg and uh, mm -hmm. Keenan Allen, nine weeks for a, a hamstring. So you just never know like how long this is going to keep somebody out for. I mean, obviously Allen's a little bit older than Jerry Judy. Sure. But you just don't know is the thing. And so really what kind of makes me do is, is and, and it really doesn't change anything on Sutton for me. I've never been a big Sutton fan. Um, but what it does for me is Marvin Mims. Okay. I love me some Marvin Mims. Let me tell you guys, I have been monitoring um, and, and checking out Marvin Mims ever since before the draft. Look, I cut down the trees. I sewed the canvas myself and I built his bandwagon because I have been talking about him at nauseam forever. All right. So, you know, buckle up for a second because I got some stats for you. So, mm -hmm. look, he is freaky fast. He ran a 4.38 at the 40, okay? Fourth fastest time overall. The dude has feet of flames, all right? If you're the defense, do not let him get behind you because if you do, forget it. He's gone, all right? Um, his contested catch rate, 54% last season, which would have put him right in between guys like Amari Cooper and Cooper Cup. I think we've heard of those guys. Pretty good receivers. Yeah, so, I think they've been pretty successful in the NFL, for sure. They've made a name for themselves. You know, yeah. Had a future. Um, <laughs> so 
what's even more impressive to me is that he's putting up those kind of stats when he's being considered as one of those smaller receivers that, I mean, basically everybody from this year's receiving classes with the exception of a few, right? He's 5'8", 183 pounds. You know, he's a guy that Peyton went after specifically. So we always knew he was going to have a role in this offense. We just didn't know when it was going to come, how big that role was going to be. And now, you know, unfortunately with this injury to Judy, you know, I think that's that's his time now. I mean, he's going to have to be able to step up, take advantage of that chance that he's going to get to play a bigger part in this offense. Um, you know, I uh, I think he's going to be able to show off his skill, show off that separation that he gets, um, you know, and I think it's going to happen, obviously, a lot more sooner or a lot sooner than, you know, we all thought. And I hope you all enjoyed getting him in the late rounds because that's <laughs> not going to happen anymore. Um, you know, he's going to steam right up those boards just like he did today um, in our draft. And uh, Marvin Mims to the moon. You know, so a few things on Mims. Number one, specifically our draft. I was actually looking at drafting him. Um, and I, he was never, like, going to be my guy. Like, I, like, okay, I'm taking Mims here. But he was a guy mm-hmm. I was thinking of, like, okay, I should probably look at drafting him in this round or this round. And uh, then I was thinking to myself, Stacy's sitting next to me. I'm never going to get Mims. Like this is just not going to happen. Yeah. And then neither one of us got him. I no. was it was it Mueller and Danny Mueller and Jay yes. Reed that took him. Yes, I, yeah. And, and I, and I, how can you be mad at those two? You know. But I, I, as soon as they did it, I was like, Argh. I I was when I was um, thinking about drafting. I'm like, God, I don't want to. I don't want to tick off Stacy. She's tonight's guest or whatever. So I was just going to say. Uh, wide receiver Marvin Mims, and then kind of go like this, so you didn't hit me. Oh, like I could brace myself for the punch um, when when I inve- inevitably took Mims. Didn't happen. He is steaming up draft boards right now. Jerry, so Jerry Judy, wide, right now, wide receiver twenty two, the four ten in the Fantasy Pros Championship. Mm-hmm. He's gone as high as the three oh nine the last couple of days. He's fallen all the way, Stacy, to the six oh eight, which oh is God. pretty crazy value. Now Mims, on the other hand, this is this is a little bit different of a situation. Mims, wide receiver 59, 13.03, right? That's his average for the last two days. However, he has gone in the 10th round at least once that we know of in the Fantasy Pros Championship. This is a guy who's technically still the third receiver on Denver. But, uh, you know, even if you don't like, uh, even if you like Judy, there's still a chance that Mims could be the guy that puts up better numbers over Sutton this year. I don't think that would floor anybody at all. So Mims is a guy, if he was honestly, like we're going to do the hype guy at the end of the show, if mm-hmm. he was a guy that was going sort of in like that fifth, sixth round area, I think I would have put him on the list as a candidate. But because yeah. he's going so late right now, it's going to be so hard for him to be like a really super impactful guy when when it comes to Kentucky drafts this weekend and obviously FFPC drafts coming up uh, in a couple of weeks at, uh, at Planet Hollywood. Um, let's keep the injured receiver conversation going with Terry McLaurin here. Adam Schefter says he's uncertain for the regular season opener against the Arizona Cardinals. It's a sprained toe. It's typically a multiple week injury. By the time week one starts for, for the commanders, that game against uh, the Cardinals, it will be 19 days since he's been hurt, which would be almost three weeks, two to yeah. three weeks. Okay. Maybe he comes back uh, by then. Now the, the issue for me here, not the issue, but before this McLaurin injury, I had already heard from plenty of high stakes players that were loving them some Jahan Dotson, mm-hmm. right? That that were already thinking that Dot this could be the year of Dotson, and maybe McLaurin takes a back seat to him. And if if I'm remembering correctly, Stacy, didn't we see in the draft we just did Dotson went in front of McLaurin in that draft too? This could just be the norm this weekend. Oh, by by a lot too. I mean McLaurin. I mean I it even got me thinking. I was like, wow. I mean. Round after round after round, McLaurin's still here. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe should I? But um, I, that turf toe is just, you know, that's uh, it gives me a lot of pause. 
Um, that can cause a lot of problems. And I just, I'm just such a big Dotson person this year. Um, listen, I, I think that he was going to have wide receiver two upside, even if McLaurin was healthy, um, mm-hmm. you know, last season, just some, just some fun stats for him because he did miss about six games, only played 12 games, had a hamstring issue. He led the team in touchdowns with seven touchdowns. Commanders only had 24 passing touchdowns total. Um, and his first four touchdowns came in his first four games. So they were going to him and going to him often. And, you know, his average up to target last year, 15.4 yards, right? They're looking for him down the field. And I think we saw that in that last preseason game um, that they just played. And God, I cannot remember who they played. Um, so it all is like blending together right now. Um, Commanders, then, that was the Ravens, right? Where they beat the Ravens. Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah. where they beat the Ravens. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yes, yes. I don't know how I forgot that with all the memes afterwards of them beating that. <laughs> um, but, you know, he has got great hands, only had three drops last season. He was going earlier this year in the seventh and eighth rounds, which it just, you know, such a steal and a value there. Um, you know, obviously he's going to be going a lot higher now, especially with his injury. Um, and I think, I think too, that seeing him play in that preseason game also kind of boosted him a little bit too. You know, they've got the new OC in B Um, you know, I think that's going to be something that's exciting for this Washington offense. I really love this player. I love his prospects for the season and I am trying to get him everywhere I can. All right. Let me flip, flip the script on you here. And, yeah. and we'll, we'll say this is Terry McLaurin now a bargain. Like if he keeps falling like this, like you were even talking about it, yeah. it was a few rounds have gone by you know, and, and he's still out there. Would we start looking at McLaurin as a let, hold on before I let, let me ask you this. What scares you more McLaurin's potential turf toe or Jerry Judy's hamstring injury, which, which is worse? Probably that turf toe, that turf toe probably scares me a little bit more. I think so too. Um, and, and I, and that's why I hesitate to say, okay, maybe McLaurin's going to be a buy now, because even if you, you love the value on draft day, you know, late September, early October could roll around and be like, why in the heck did I invest in this guy who has this condition that we have already seen a wealth of examples that this can linger for an entire season, sometimes more than an entire season. So maybe McLaurin, you know, I don't know at what point he becomes a value, but he's not there yet. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I think it just depends on your build, too. I mean, he's not going to be one of the guys that you're relying on. So you'd have to be going pretty heavy receiver to even mm-hmm. think about taking him at a certain point, you know, as, as a guy that you can just afford to sit on your roster or on your bench and not start. There is uh, ADP out there for Jahan Dotson in the Fantasy Pros Championship, 701 on average the last two days. Wide receiver 33, but some brave soul. According to Fantasy Mojo, by the way, shout out to Darren Armani, the godfather of the pros versus Joes challenge every single year. FantasyMojo.com, at FantasyMojo on Twitter. Highly recommend that you get a subscription to that if you are playing in the FFPC. It helps a ton. Um, Jahan Dotson, some brave soul, according to Mojo's data, took Dotson at the 307 within the last couple of days. It made Dotson a mid-third round pick. Now, that is really bold. I don't know if I can get on board with that. But obviously, Dotson at the 701, we are not at the point for him where his price is too high. I, I'm st- I'd am still be buying at that 6-7 turn on Dotson. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, McLaurin, on the other hand, he has fallen uh, to – oh, I just had it here. Um, uh, we, we also we got some breaking news there in the chat. Oh, okay. Hold on. Clinton? No way. Okay. So shout out to Kevin Williamson. Yeah. And I'm just realizing that – I didn't answer his question. We didn't answer his question. We'll get to your Denver tight end question in a second. Uh, Kevin Williamson reporting um, on uh, on our show tonight. Trey Lance is now a member of the Dallas Cowboys. I don't know what the source is on this, but we're going to find out. Um, 
because this this is massive, massive news. If he is now a a Dallas Cowboy, like fantasy wise, I don't know. Um, I don't know if if this is uh, if we care about it for. Um, oh, yep. For I just redraft it, purposes. Yeah. Okay, here it is. Yeah. There, number three overall, Trey Lance, Dallas Cowboys for a mid round per sources. Um, that was from the fantasy. Adam Schefter. Yeah, Adam, Adam Schefter had it on on, on yeah. X.com. So Lance <laughs> now is going to be working behind Dak Prescott. Sam Darnold is is going to be officially no no bones about it, the backup at San Francisco. Um, and we are looking at uh, a mid round pick. That's all it took for Trey Lance. I'm surprised. I thought it would cost more than that. Uh, how how surprised are you to to see this go down? Stacy, oh. do you play Dynasty at all? I I, I always forget I this. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I actually do play Dynasty. So that's that's the show that I'm on for um uh, Fantasy and Frames is our Dynasty 365 show. So I that's do right. Play. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, I do so, play Dynasty. All right. So for Dynasty, like I don't know if I'm super excited about this if I'm playing in a single quarterback league, but for Superflex, this becomes a little bit more interesting. Obviously, right? What's your initial analysis on on this on, on Trey Lance going to the Cowboys? Well, I think it's great for him. I mean, I think it's been really hard to come up with an actual, uh, you know, like real thoughtful analysis on Trey Lance because we really haven't seen too much of him at all. Um, you know, I, I think it's I think it's a little difficult to have a hard stance one way or another. He's either I don't think you can say that he's terrible. I don't think that you can say that he's, you know, got potential to be great either. It's just we don't mm -hmm. know. And exactly. I don't think he's really ever going to get that chance in San Francisco at least not after, you know, this, this past, you know, off season with party and then bringing in, um, you know, Darnold, it just, it's one of those things where I think it just kind of seemed like, you know, Kyle Shanahan, it, it can make anybody a viable starter in the NFL, except for Trey Lance, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm, I'm really glad to see him get a fresh start somewhere else, you know, just to see what he, you know, can actually bring to the NFL. If he is, you know, as good as everybody thought he was, um, if he does even have, you know, potential to keep playing in the league, I think this is really great for him, you know, personally and professionally. NFL Network, uh, Tom Pelissero and our boy, Jim Parsons Jr., reporting that it is a fourth rounder in next year's draft in exchange for Trey Lance. So good on the Cowboys. We'll see what happens Absolutely. there. Um, all right. So that I had no idea we we're going to budget this much time to Trey Lance tonight, but this is the miracle of, of live podcasting. Let's get back to Kevin Williamson's question here. And we were talking yeah. about the whole Mims, Judy Sutton conversation. He wants to know, is it Adam Troutman or is it Greg Dulcich this year? For me, it's, you know, I, there's a non-zero chance that Troutman actually plays more snaps than Dulcich, but we've already seen what he can do for a fantasy perspective, which is, not much. Uh, and right. Dulcich, I think, is the interesting guy here. And we're hearing more and more talk of, about them moving him around and doing some different things mm -hmm. with him. To me, it seems they want to get creative with, with Dulcich, not necessarily for Troutman, who's probably just a blocker. Mm -hmm. I, I want to draft the, the guy that they're going to be creative with, Stacy. Yeah, absolutely. And I think before this injury to Judy, um, I definitely would have been a little bit concerned because they brought in Troutman. And like you said, not because of his fantasy relevance, because there really isn't any, um, but it just because of him getting on the field, his his blogging ability, that kind of thing. Um, mm -hmm. But honestly, too, with this injury to Judy, I mean, I think that this really gives him a chance to get in there, really kind of cement his role in that offense. Um, you know, I think he's a great talent, no doubt. And so, you know, I think this does really good things for him. Um, I mean, yeah, if the, if the question is Troutman or Dulcich, I mean, yeah, obviously Dulcich all the way. No question. No, I'm, I'm on board with that. In fact, I was actually considering taking, I was, I was trying I was playing a little quarterback and tight end chicken with my backups in, in the draft we just did. And, um, Dulcich was one of my fallback guys at tight end. Uh, he, and I think he got taken or maybe I just overdrafted my green Bay Packer. 
uh, Luke Musgrave way too early. I can't remember how it went down, but that's I know I have Musgrave on my team. Um, as a backup tight end, I want to point that out. He's not my starter. Jordan Rodriguez uh, says that Kyron Williams actually could have a bigger impact in the passing game uh, where he actually excelled there throughout training camp. This is what she said from when she was, you know, saw firsthand of what the Rams were doing. Now, she thinks that the Rams are going to have both Williams and Cam Akers uh, out uh, in the backfield early in the season, but Williams could be the guy that emerges as a threat in the passing game. Now, Matthew Stafford apparently looked more comfortable with Kyron Williams than he did with Cam Akers as camp progressed. This could be a committee thing. Um, and I, I always, I love beat writers. They work hard. I don't know if they're the, the best people to trust as, as far as fantasy stuff goes, but certainly this nugget for me from, from Jordan Rodrigo, who's been doing it a while, by the way, um, is enough for me to lower Cam Akers in my rankings and start looking at Kyron Williams late. I was going to take him. I, that, I was planning on taking him late, and I think it was that Danny Mueller, Jay Reed team that yeah. got Kyron Williams in this draft again. Um, and I think it's a smart pick. And when you talk about, and we should bring up the Sean Tucker thing because I was all set to take Sean Tucker when we found out that he was splitting first team reps with um, Rashad White today, and then one pick before me, you got him. Um, but th these are the players. I mean, this is what you need to be understanding here this late in the game this information just trickles out and and these are the players that you should be bumping up on your boards and obviously you and I both bumped up Kyron Williams on our board tonight just not enough absolutely um and and you know here's one my first question which is a little bit facetious is Kyron Williams having breakfast with Matthew Stafford every morning is he joining that Cooper Cup breakfast club um because that's apparently how you get ingratiated in that offense um and get on Stafford's good side so it sounds like he might be um you know, I, I kind of think that – let me ask you, do you remember last year when everybody started taking Jalen Warren, right? Like mm -hmm. he was a write-in on boards. He wasn't even a sticker, right? So I kind of feel like this is kind of that same thing, and I'm sure there's a lot of, of other examples of running backs that this happened to before then, but this is the first one that I'm thinking of. Um, mm -hmm. You know, a guy that probably would have been either last round, 20th round pick, dart throw, somebody that you're grabbing up on waivers – now becomes somebody who you're taking in 14, 15th rounds, you know, because of all this. And it's like Kyron Williams, like you talked about Sean Tucker, um, you know, even Evan Hall is probably an example yeah. of this too, with all the, you know, issues going on with JT. So, you know, just definitely some things to think about um, there, but this obviously gives him a boost and somebody that you need to have on your radar if you are playing, um, you know, in deeper leagues this year, for sure. You know, that's, that's the other thing that irritates me is, I always have a backup pick um, when it's coming up to me. Like I always have two players in mind. So if, if, if that player goes off the board, I can easily make my next pick. Yeah. I was cocky. I didn't, I, there's no way Stacy's going to take Sean Tucker. And then you did. And then I didn't have anybody and I panicked and I took Joshua Kelly, which I mean, I have Eckler, but typically I don't like to go after my own running backs backups. What I should have done is take Evan Hall, who was still out there. And I think yeah. Petrie and Larson ended up getting Hall later. It's yeah. Well, I, I live in Tampa. I live in Tampa. So I see all that Sean Tucker um, news. You already knew you were privy to this be, be, before. Yeah. So, so, and the thing is like, um, and by the way, just as we talk about NFL draft here for a second uh, to put a button on the Rams conversation, remember everybody's talking about Zach Evans when Zach right. Evans got drafted by the Rams. Nobody's talking yeah. about that anymore. It's just acres and months. Oh. And similar with, with the Buccaneers here, everybody was talking about Sean Tucker and then he had the heart thing, right? Uh, right. There was a heart condition that, that got found yeah. out in his physical. Um, right. And then I didn't even know if he was going to be playing football and now he's splitting first team reps. This is a mm -hmm. classic case of 
the hype getting high and then falling off to nothing where the guy's basically free and now yeah. he's building back up again. I'm curious to see how high he goes up this weekend because I think he's one of those players that, you know, you draft on Friday, Stacy, and you get this guy in like the 15th, 16th round. All of a sudden, maybe he's like 12th or 11th round, you know, by Sunday oh, yeah. night where everybody's trying to steal everybody's sleepers, you know? Oh, yeah. It's crazy. I mean, like, remember too, Isaiah Pacheco last year, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yep. uh, also, you know, was he seventh round? Isaiah Pacheco was seventh round, yes. right? I seventh think. round pick. Yep. Uh, Sean Tucker undrafted. If I remember correctly. undrafted. Yeah. yeah. There was a lot of people that thought he had a shot at day two and then he, um, he just fell off the board and, and nobody yeah. picked him with that heart issue, you know, and then coming in and, and I famously last year, um, I think I said to you on, on, on this show, you know, like, Oh, Isaiah Pacheco, you know, there's too many mouths to feed and Casey and then look what he did. So, you know, <laughs> hopefully Sean Tucker has a similar success this year. Not, not as much, um, not as many barriers in his way as there was it, in Kansas City for Pacheco. It, you're right. There's not, but I think the offense is is much different in Kansas than it, than it is in Kansas City. Like I, you have to lower your expectations a little bit, but at that point in the draft, you're not looking for somebody who's going to be um, playing on a team putting up 28, 29 points a game and touching the ball 15 times. You're just looking for anything, you know, just exactly. an injury away type guy, and maybe he's not even an injury away type guy. He right. could be. Um, a, a player that has standalone fantasy value. I just because sure. I saw the blurb on it today, I want to look up. Uh, I want to look up his ADP um, in the Fantasy Pros Championship. Running back seventy six uh, as an eighteenth round pick. However, sometime within the last two days, he did reach up to the fifteenth round. I think it's going to be higher after the news yeah. today for sure yeah. uh, with, with Sean Tucker. So make sure you're paying attention to that when you're looking for those running backs later on in your drafts, whether you're drafting in Kentucky or the FFPC this weekend. Chargers wide receivers, we got to get into this. Daniel yeah. Popper covers the Chargers for the Athletic. Said Keenan Allen's actually been the focal receiver in Kellen Moore's offense uh, during camp. Allen um, has had uh, a pretty good rapport with, with Justin Herbert. Um, he has uh, been moving around the formation. Um, and, and, uh, it's not just him. It's been Mike Williams. It's been Quentin Johnston. It's been Joshua Palmer. Um, and this is a good thing because a a rising tide raises all ships. Maybe all these chargers receivers, uh, end up being good buys at their, um, at their positions, which I think you're going to get into in a little bit. But I, I, as far as chargers receivers go, um, I would have liked to get Allen tonight. I wasn't in a position to draft them. You took Mike Williams and then I took Joshua Palmer later. So, we're loving our Chargers receivers this year, Stacey. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. And I, I wanted Allen. And I, I was just thinking kind of like beforehand, like my partner Jim Bender and I were thinking like, you know, we don't have a ton of Allen. Like, why is that? And so we kind of targeted him for that draft. Um, and then he went before. So that's why we went with Mike Williams. And we took Herbert, too. So um, definitely loving all of my Chargers this year. Um, you know, I kind of think that last year was a little fluky. You know, everybody had a lot of injuries going on. I mean, poor Justin Herbert's playing with a broken rib, um, you know, Allen with his hammy, you know, Williams had some injuries. So, you know, I think they're, you know, they're all going to benefit from going into the season in good health so far, you know, knock on wood that nothing happens in the preseason, um, you know, and then they also have, you know, their changes in OC. Um, so I think those are all really good things for them. I think it just spells, you know, like a lot of, a lot of good things, good, good things are on the horizon, I think for your chargers. What do you make of the report from Popper that said um, that Joshua Palmer has actually been with the first team more, more than their first round pick this year in Quentin Johnston, who apparently has been struggling with drops? Palmer did it last year. I mean, there were several times where he came through when either Allen or Williams was hurt, were hurt. Sometimes both of them were hurt. 
he put up some pretty big games. Um, and and uh, now we find out that he's actually running ahead of the first round pick. Do you view this as a situation where this is just the first rounder has to acclimate? It's just going to be a matter of time with Johnston this year. Or is Palmer really the guy as the third wide receiver that you want in Los Angeles over the course of the 2023 season? I still probably like Quentin Johnson just a little bit better. Just give him a little bit of an edge. I like Palmer a lot. I actually had him last year. I think I picked him up off waivers or took him real late last year in a couple of places. Um, you know, I think this is one of those things with, with Johnston where, you know, there's getting a, a lot of preseason news. Oh, you know, the drops are a problem. His second preseason game, he caught all three of his targets. Pro- drops weren't an issue. Um, mm-hmm. You know, these guys are going in and playing their very first NFL game ever. And even though they've been playing in college, it's a whole new ball game, right? So, you know, cut some, cut them a little bit of a slack, right? It's not, you know, not the end of the world. And uh, if I remember correctly, wasn't there a receiver a couple years ago who uh, preseason hype, everybody was getting real scared in the drafts and, oh, he can't catch the football. He can't catch NFL footballs. He's dropping them. And you know who that was? Come on, Adams. Adams. Oh, Jamar okay. Chase. Jamar Chase. Yeah. That's right. not, not oh. quite that long ago. That, that, that was, remember the thing with him was, it was something to do with the stripe on the football in college. Yeah. Like it was easier yeah. for him to pick up. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, I, is this a thing? I've never even heard of this before. And then obviously Chase solved that pretty easily um, and, and took yeah. that over. But yeah, Devontae Adams also a few years before that, a lot of people were saying that. And then look at him now. Um, yeah. Final thing I want to say about the Chargers wide receivers, Quentin Johnston, wide receiver 46 at the 903 on average right now. Joshua Palmer is obviously going after him. Uh, Palmer, wide receiver 90 at the 1810. Mm-hmm. I would expect that he moves up a couple of rounds, especially yeah. when he's going that late. But I don't think he's in any, I don't think Johnston is in any danger of getting passed by Palmer uh, before the start of the season. Um yeah. Same division, different position. Question in the uh, chat room from Kevin Williamson right now. Daneric Prince, is he worth a late-round lottery ticket, or are there too many running backs in Kansas City? Tonight in the in the draft that, that we were in, uh, Prince did not get drafted, but we did see um, Pacheco, we did see McKinnon, and we saw Clyde Edwards-Alaire all get drafted, but no Prince. There was a beat writer for the Chiefs, and I can't remember who it was. It's escaping me now. But this was like probably a – six weeks, five, six weeks ago, um, maybe not quite that long, but they basically said the roster spot for Prince is locked up. Like this is going to happen. There's, there's no question. And now I look at it. Um, they have somebody else returning kicks right now. Um, it could be Richie James actually returning kicks in, in Kansas right. city. And, and if he doesn't have a role returning kicks and they're already playing Edwards, Alaire, McKinnon and Pacheco over him, man, I don't know if he makes the team. And, I don't want to take a player that may not make the team. I don't care how good the offense is. I, I'm taking players with a little bit more job uh, stability than Daenerys Prince. I don't think he's going to be on any of my teams this weekend, Stacey. Not any of these teams. I've taken him in best ball as like a last round, you know, here yeah, and there. That would make um, sense, yes. Yeah, in, in those situations. I got to tell you, though, he looked he's looked pretty good in the, the times that he has gotten to play in the preseason. He looked pretty great. So, I mean, maybe if he doesn't make it on the Chiefs, maybe he'll get picked up by somebody else. But I'm, I'm so wary of making a, uh, a take on a late round uh, running backs on the Chiefs after my um, just total like <laughs> epic fail with Isaiah Pacheco last year. So, so who knows? Maybe, maybe I can say Daenerys Prince will be terrible. There's too many mouths to feed. And then he's going to go on to be, you know, like the next Isaiah Pacheco. Who knows? Well, you, you know, if you say that tonight, he will be scooped up in like the 14th round of every single league this weekend. Yes. So Let's steam him up, Bob. Let's yeah, everybody exactly. go take Daenerys Prince. He's going to be amazing. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm, I'm signing off on that. 
Um, yeah. Just so everybody else drafts him and I don't have to worry about it. But you never know. Um, a, a guy that – so when I was looking at getting my last receiver um, in the draft tonight or this afternoon, a guy I was looking at, and I didn't pick him. Somebody else picked him, and I can't remember who, was Josh Downs, uh, the rookie from uh, for the Colts yeah. this year. James Boyd, who uh, writes about the Colts for The Athletic. Uh, two preseason games, Josh Downs has all his routes from the slot. Five of those 17 routes, he got the ball thrown to, the, thrown to him. Four catches, 49 yards. Um, Downs is, is a pretty good playmaker, has really good speed, and obviously maybe he develops into something that you know Richardson focuses on as a young quarterback. Maybe that'll be his, his, his blankie or whatever, his crutch that he throws to, um, especially if Downs is out of the slot. I was talking with Ryan Reynolds uh, from the 33rd team on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show last night about this, and he kind of – he was nice about it, but he kind of threw cold water on it. He's like, you know, I, I don't view the Colts as, as a particularly passing-rich team this year. You're also talking about a, a rookie throwing to a rookie, um, mm -hmm. and, and he's like, you know, maybe in the 20th round of a couple of drafts, but other than that, he was staying away from him. How do you view Josh Downs and like a Kentucky main event this weekend or a Fantasy Pros – where it's a managed roster and you you have 20 rounds as opposed to 28. Is Josh Downs going to reach any of your teams? Uh, probably not. And and that's not because I don't like him. I really do like Josh Downs as a player. I think in Dynasty, he's a real fun guy to you know watch. Um, he, yeah, he's on the smaller side too, even smaller than a lot of the small considered receivers. But what I like about him, and I'm going to start with the good and I'll end with kind of the bad, um, mm -hmm. is that you know he's a guy who plays – so much bigger than he actually is. I mean, the way you watch him play and he's got the confidence of a guy who's six, four out there. Okay. Like he's taking people down, trash talking, getting in people's faces. And, and I love it. And it kind of reminds me a lot of the way that George Pickens plays, um, mm. not their playing style necessarily, but just their, you know, personality out on the field, I think is just a lot of fun to watch. You know, like as the kids say, he's got that dog in him. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, okay. Now for the bad, right. <laughs> He's probably a guy that I'm not taking until the 20th round if I'm taking him at all because of all those things that Ryan Reynolds said, right? Mm -hmm. He's probably somebody you might have to cut after waivers if you if you don't pick him up on waivers later. And then are you holding a roster spot for somebody on a an offense that is not going to be a pass-heavy offense? Like he said, you know, that's going to be a run-heavy offense. He's probably not going to be the first guy, you know, that they're looking for. Um, it just doesn't seem like something I want to spend, you know, my draft capital on in a high stakes draft at this point. And not like I said, not because I don't like the player. I just don't think that he makes sense this year necessarily. If you're in dynasty, this is a whole different conversation. Right. Um, but as far as high stakes, what we're doing this weekend, I'm sorry, Josh, it's a no for me. Yeah. And, and the other thing too, and I, and I brought this up with Ryan, I'm like, you know, Josh Downs could be the type of guy that you draft late, keep him on your roster for the first few weeks just to see what happens. And if he, develops into this you know the second coming of Wes Welker well congratulations but if he doesn't you know the bye week start up in week four week five or whatever I mean he's an easy cut at that point um and sure. then you can go after whatever sexy guy is on the waiver wire that week and, and go after him hard in, in your fab budget um Jim Cole I, I don't know if I should be revealing this but he actually took Sam Laporta in Ooh. in our draft uh today and and a, Laporta is a guy I like and Colton Pouncey uh, the Lions beat reporter for the Athletic actually says that he might actually already be Jared Goff's second favorite target behind the Sun God on the Ross St. Brown. Now, um, Jamison Williams is going to be out for the first month and a half of the season. You're looking at, um, I'm trying to think who the other guys, you got Khalif Raymond there, Josh Reynolds, uh, I mean, just kind of like whatever guys. And yeah. so to me, 
the, the second um, passing target comes down to either Laporta or Gibbs, both rookies. And I don't like the Detroit Lions defense this year. I think it's bad. I don't think they did enough to improve it. I think there's going to be forced to put up a, a, a lot of points this year to keep up with, um, you know, their defense is lacking. This is important to get this right. I mean, it's important to figure this out because if you do nail this, if it's Laporta, congratulations. If it's Gibbs, congratulations, although he's going pretty high in drafts right now. So the margin for error there is, is much smaller than it is with Laporta. How do you view Sam Laporta? Uh, take your dynasty fantasy and frames uh, goggles off, pun intended. <laughs> Um, right now and answer this for a redraft uh, situation. Sam Laporta this year, Stacey, are you targeting him? Um, if Jim Cole had been sitting next to me and taken Sam Laporta, he definitely would have gotten an elbow from me because I love Sam Laporta so much. And I got to tell you, Balky, as a Packer fan, it kind of kills me that I'm so in on the Lions um, mm -hmm. right now and, and all of their guys. I am too. But don't worry about it. I'm a Packers fan. As you know, yeah. I'm in on the Lions as well. It's not I don't feel dirty about it anymore. Okay, good. Yeah, I've, I'm trying to like get over that because I got I love all of them, um, but specifically Laporta. So right. So and and in all honesty, he wasn't my favorite tight end coming into this group, but I think where he landed is probably the best landing spot out of any of those rookies. Right. He's going into a situation, you know, Hawkinson's gone, um, you know, and if you think that Brock Wright or whoever else there is on the depth chart is going to challenge him for tight end one. I'd like to have whatever it is that you're taking um, because that seems like a good ride. So <laughs> now look, all right. All reports in camp have him as advertised the guy that they're going to, they just love him. Everything's, I can't find one negative thing um, that's being said about him outside of, uh, you know, that's coming out of camp. Um, he's got talent. He's going to have a huge opportunity there. Like you said, Jameson Williams gone for at least the first six weeks. And also it doesn't seem like he's really making um, too many friends in camp anyway, you know, punching other teammates and that kind of stuff, all kind of craziness that's going on. Um, so I think that he's going to be able to at least take the time now that he's building rapport with Goff those first six weeks. And, and I think that he is going to grab that spot and he's not going to let it go. And like I said, talent plus opportunity, like we all know, equals fantasy success. He's got both in spades. And honestly, um, you know, just for just for giggles, he is my absolute highest exposure in best ball right now. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, now we're talking. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you this. Um, who is your favorite tight end from this rookie class for Dynasty? And who is your favorite tight end in this rookie class for redraft? And are they the same person? Yeah, it's, it's going to be Laporta is going to be my answer there. Um, really like Dalton Kincaid, like him a lot. You know, as far as Dynasty goes, he's probably like, they're probably like my 1A, 1B. Um, mm -hmm. There, you know, I think Kincaid's got a lot of talent. He's in a great spot on elite offense. Um, I think his situation's a little bit different, right? They're not bringing him in necessarily to replace Dawson Knox. I think those guys are going to be used, um, you know, in different roles. They're both going to have, um, you know, a role in that offense, and it's not going to be one replacing the other. Um, that's a, again, that's a, we could be here for a while talking about my feelings about Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid <laughs> and where that's going. Um, but I like those two the most. Laporta, Kincaid, I think they're great. Um, you know, I really liked Michael Mayer coming out. I just think his situations doesn't really lend for as much production from him right off the bat. I think he may take a little while to really get in there and develop. And that's not a great offense anyway, um, over there in Vegas, but yeah, Laporta, Laporta probably in both in redraft and dynasty followed very closely by Kincaid. And Musgrave is nowhere to be found in this conversation. 
it's not that I don't like Luke Musgrave, but you asked me who my favorite was. So I got it. I got it. So where, where, where would you put him fourth behind those three guys? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I do. And I, I honestly, well, hang on. Or would you put him in front of Mayer? I think I'd put, I think I'd put him in third. I okay. think I would go, yeah, Laporta, Kincaid, Musgrave, and then Mayer. Because, mm -hmm. you know, as, as, much as I'm not sure about what our offense is going to look like in Green Bay, I think I kind of like his situation a little bit better than I like, you know, it, listen, Jimmy Garoppolo is very pretty to look at, but he is a downgrade <laughs> from Derek Carr. So, you know, that's good. That's going to be a rough offense to watch this year. You know, and I just think too, like the, the situation it, with the Raiders, you have two target hogs in Devonte Adams and Jacoby Myers. Right. Um, and in Green Bay, to your point, I, I mean, I don't know that that's why I, I give pause about drafting Christian Watson high is yep. I don't know what love is going to do. Like, is he going to be targeting that guy a ton? I mean, if he's going to match diamond, who covers the Packers for the athletic was asked this like a month or so ago, who do you think leads the team in receptions? And he said, it's Dobbs um, over Ooh. Watson. And, okay. and at, at, and at that point, it's kind of like if the beat writer is, is saying Dobbs and everybody else is saying Watson to me, that means there's confusion. There's, there's um, it, it's a nebulous situation. And then at that point, I want to take the cheaper guys, right? Um, yeah. Mayor, I think, has an uphill climb to, mm -hmm. um, to 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 have fantasy success year one. I don't think that climb is as steep for Musgrave because he doesn't have those proven guys at yeah. wide receiver on that on that squad. So there, there's that to consider as well. Let's get to a couple of emails before we get to the hype guy uh, conversation that we're going to be announcing before we uh, we close things out tonight. Um, this email is not on my screen anymore. What the heck? I, I am so off my game. I, this is not my normal setup, obviously. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm struggling with, with, uh, with everything tonight. It's an email about Ty J Spears. I think yes, Jeff in Toledo. Here we go. Sorry. Okay. Jeff in Toledo is the lack of an ACL concerning for me when I consider drafting Ty J Spears. Thank you, Jeff in Toledo for your email. I will say this. I, it's not that concerning for me because the investment, right? Like he's, huh. he's, where did he go tonight in, in our draft? I can't remember who oh, took him, but it, it was it, pretty it, high. It was pretty was it? high for him. Not, not, I mean, no, I don't mean like outrageously high or something. Okay. Um, but I, I do remember thinking like, oh, Spears, that was a little bit before I thought that he was going to go. Okay. Um, running back 50, running back 50 in the fantasy pros championship. Go ahead, Stacey. No, no, no. I was just going to say, I didn't, I was trying to think, do I have the board anywhere near where I can grab a picture of it? Um, but I don't. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it looks like he's playing football just fine with her, yeah. maybe possibly without an ACL. Um, I guess you don't need one to play football. Apparently not. And running back too, which is where yeah. I think that's, that's the most important position to have. Right? Yeah. I would draft, I would draft Spears with confidence, Jeff. Um, Tim and what after ACLs, if that's the problem, right? Like, yeah. Just have him do surgery, get him out there. Um, Rivers, Philip Rivers played um, like, uh, several games i think with the torn acl um and and yeah. there's been there's been stories of other players that have had torn acls and didn't even know it and they kept playing on it um doesn't always work out james booby miles and friday night lights that didn't work out oh. for him got to get that surgery man um tim in west palm beach florida hey guys with this positive brock purdy news can i start drafting him in the best ball tournament with confidence i took him as my backup tonight in our draft i i think when you look at the, the late round quarterbacks that you can get that are really cheap Derek Carr, Russell Wilson, Jordan Love, Brock Purdy. I think all those guys are suitable backups. Um, yeah. When you talk about uh, best ball tournament or the Superflex best ball tournament, I have no problem with any of those guys as your as your second quarterback. I still think Purdy is going too late. I, I think he should be going higher. 
Um, and maybe we'll see that this weekend. But quite frankly, Stacey, I said that a couple of weeks ago when this dude was practicing and he still hasn't gone up draft board. So maybe he's yeah. just going to stay at his ADP and I'm comfy taking him there. Well, it's just crazy. I mean, just no, no respect for poor Brock Purdy. Okay. I mean, like, what does the man got to do? Like all he does is win games. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but come on. I mean, like I said earlier, right. Shanahan's back there. As long as Brock Purdy is doing what he is told, he's going to be fine. And he's got great offense to work with McCaffrey, Debo, Brandon, IU, George Kittle. I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't feel comfortable starting Purdy. I've got him in a ton of places, best ball redraft, you know, I mean, really anywhere, you know, if you can get him and you're getting him so late at such a great value. Um, yeah. I don't know why you wouldn't. Yeah, for sure. Uh, draft Brock Purdy with confidence. Final email tonight. Uh, Keith and Rosalind, New York, our FFPC drafters sleeping on Michael Thomas. Thank you so much. That is Keith and Rosalind, New York. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. Right now, Michael Thomas in the FFPC Fantasy Pros Championship is going at wide receiver 43 at the 812. Stacy, does that represent a value to you, um, uh, taking Michael Thomas at that spot? So I got to tell you, so I know that we're not supposed to have grudges against players in fantasy mm -hmm. football, right? right? We're supposed to be above that. Um, I'm not, right? It's not 2019 anymore. When's the last time that Michael Thomas did anything for you? 2019, okay? He's played, um, played like 10 games in three years, yeah. I think, is what the stat yeah, is. exactly. And, you know, no thank you um, at this point. And I, it's just going to be a hard pass for me. I'm not taking him on any of my teams. Um, but I will say that this is a very, very um, – a topic of a lot of disagreement between um, me and my me and my partner Jim Bednar. Uh, he's all in on Michael Thomas. Thinks he's a great value there. Um, has you know we we argue about this all the time because we do mm -hmm. like to take the Saints. We love Derek Carr um, as a great value too. If you're going to go quarterback late, and um, so this is something that we have had a discussion about. I personally, for me, it's a no. Um, but you know, I you know I hate you if you want to if you want to give him a shot. There are certain players that I will say, yeah, you know, I don't really like him, but I get the FOMO a little bit and, and I'll take him um, later on. Michael Thomas is not one of those players. No. If I have zero shares of Michael Thomas this year, I'm, I'm going to sleep well at, at night. Right. Dave Terpoli always says that if I don't dread, if this, if, if I, if this guy blows up and he's not on any of my teams, I'm still going to go to bed and sleep well. And, and that's the thing. Like I've just, I haven't seen enough. We, we heard that Michael Thomas was still coming along like he needed more time to, to come back from, um, you know, recuperating from last year. It's just like an eighth round, Stacey. I mean, that's an important pick. You know, just to give you an idea, Sky Moore, Brandon Cooks, Cortland Sutton, Elijah Moore, Quentin Johnson, all those guys are going around him. I, I feel pretty confident saying I want almost all those guys all more those than guys. Michael Thomas. Yeah, yeah it's just – it's not for me. Okay, uh, Kevin Williamson, the wait is over. We are going to get into the uh, the hype guy now. Now, this is something we came up with. Um, Dave Gerzak, when he was still hosting the show with me, came up with, um, uh, we called it the Ascendant. And um, it, it's the player that we think is going to raise up. There's always one guy every year, at least one guy, that just jumps two or three rounds and like because everybody's got to have them. Now, we switched that around because um, – the, the jump is not often as, as pronounced as it used to be. Now it's a little bit more subtle, so we call it the hype guy. So mm -hmm. I have narrowed our list down for the hype guy this year to five players, and they are in order. Jahan Dotson, Jameer Gibbs, Calvin Ridley, Darren Waller, Javante Williams. And by order, I mean alphabetical order. 
I, I don't have them in any kind of order right now. It's just alphabetical. So we've talked a lot about Dotson. We've talked a little bit uh, about Gibbs, but let's talk about these three other guys before we reveal who are, who are going to say the hype guy is this year. Because you and I have to agree on this, Stacey. When you okay. co-host this specific episode Ooh. of the HSFF Hour, we have to come to an agreement. Otherwise, we're okay. going to keep doing the show. You have a draft at 830. I have an auction at 830. We can't do this all night. <laughs> Jahan Dotson, uh, let, let's let's table him. We know that we, we both like him quite a bit. Jameer Gibbs, um, creeping up in drafts right now. I have said that it would not surprise me to see him as a second-round pick when we get to the live events in Las Vegas. And that I don't know anybody who agrees with me, but that's my bold take on it. Jameer yeah. Gibbs, to me, is a guy that has a ton of hype surrounding him right now. Well, and if I am not mistaken, and I would need to go back and look at some numbers, but I think right after the draft, um, there was a time when he was going, at least in best balls and some, you know, things that were going on, you know, very, very early um, where he was going that high or mm -hmm. not too close thereafter. So that wouldn't be something completely unexpected for me either. He's one of my favorite running backs to grab. Um, again, just all about those lines, I guess, this year. Um, but yeah, he's, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he creeped or if he crept all the way up into the second round, not at all. People, people are loving themselves some Gibbs. So that's why he's on this list. Oh, yeah. Calvin Ridley. Now here, here's, here's this, this to, for me, this is the first guy I eliminate. I have been talking to, I say this on every show I do. I've been talking to a ton of smart people, people smarter than me about fantasy football, yourself included, where I just am like, you, you nobody's been able to sell me on Ridley, um, yeah. for where he's going now, an early third round pick dude who hasn't played football in a year and a half. Uh, he goes to an offense that Trevor Lawrence already has a clear rapport with both Evan Engram and Christian Kirk. Think about Travis Etienne and Tank Bigsby on that squad as well as Zay Jones. I, I just he could be great this year, um, definitely. But the the potential cons I think for me are still outweighing the pros, and one of those cons is the fact that he's an early third round pick. But he's being hyped up, Stacey. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm kind of with you there. You know, if we want to take him off the list, I'm totally fine with it. You know, here's the deal. He's, right, he's off the list years. for sure. He's, he's, he's been definitely. Two years. Yeah. I, he just, he's too rich for me. Too rich for me that high. Can't do it. Um, normally, when we have the ascendant slash hype guy, they're younger players, very often mm -hmm. rookies. We don't normally have an aged uh, player on, on this list. <laughs> but we do tonight in yeah, Darren Waller because I feel like the, Everybody was sleeping on him most of drafting season, even after the Giants. Um, you know, basically, I don't want to say they did nothing in the draft. They got Jalen Hyatt, but they waited until the third round to draft him. So we know how the NFL feels about Jalen Hyatt. They have all those slot receivers there and guys coming off torn ACLs like Wondell Robinson, Sterling Shepard, or whatever. And there's Darren Waller, even through the Saquon Barkley mess, too. Like he's like, hey, I'll, I'll catch every pass this season. You know, just throw it to me every time. And that's what's going to happen. Like, he, he's going to catch a boatload of passes this year. He, I, I think, I, I was just talking about this last night. I was like, I wonder if Waller actually catches Hawkinson for being the, the third tight end off the board. And was he, was he not the third tight end off the board today ahead of Hawkinson? Um, if you want to give me a second, I can pull I, up my I, board. I, what, what I remember is, I know Jeff Jackeen took Darren mm -hmm. Waller. Um, and I thought I was like, oh man, Hawkinson's still out there. I could be wrong. I think Jeremy Brock took TJ Hawkinson after that. I could be wrong. I think are those right. are the two. Where did they go in, in Waller, the draft? So obviously, Kelsey Andrews. Waller goes in the fourth to team six. Was that that was uh, that, was, that Jeff. was Jeff? That was Jeff. That yeah, that was Jeff. And then after that, Hawkinson went to Jeremy Brock um, right there at the turn going into the fifth. Okay, so it, it's basically like a half round separated, yeah. right? 
And that's, again, that's only one draft. Right now, Hawkinson 309, Darren Waller 309. Can we have the senior citizen on this list, Darren Waller? Is, is he going to be the hyped up guy this year? Again, FFPC, tight end premium. That's another yeah. feather in this cap. Absolutely. Um, I love Darren Waller this year. One of my favorite tight ends. If you're going to, if you're going to go tight end, or I say early ish, right. Um, Cause we all know Kelsey is in his own little bracket. Right. But mm-hmm. if you're looking at going after those, those top few guys that are, that are, you know, the Hawkinson, you know, Kittle Andrews um, I'm putting Waller right in with those guys. And like you said, I mean, I don't, I don't have any problem taking him third off the board. He's going to be the number one pass catcher there in New York. Like you said, they've got a thousand slot receivers. Um, he's going to be the guy to catch everything. I just, I just really like him in that spot. Final player on this list is Javante Williams. I've been saying all drafting season. I'm, I'm surprised when it was announced that he was going to start training camp on time. When it was announced he was going to play in the preseason. Mm-hmm. When it was announced that he was going to get, you know, 12 snaps, and then he played more than that and caught four balls. I know he's gone up, but I mean, you're talking about like a ninth round pick to an eighth round to a seventh round. Now maybe the end of the fifth. Maybe the hype is is finally crescendoing on him. On Javante Williams, I, I still think he should be going higher. What are your thoughts on Javante Williams this year, Stacey? Oof. Okay, so, you know, kind of like we just talked about with Michael Thomas, there are going to be some people that I'm okay not having that experience on. And it, mm-hmm. that's going to be Javante Williams for me. And look, I, I love that he's coming back. And, you know, by all accounts, his rehab is going really well, you know, like record-breaking rehab um, mm-hmm. progress for him. Um I think that's great. And and I hope that it stays that way. I hope that they're not rushing him back. Um, you know, I, I really do. I, I hope that this is truly, you know, just something, you know, uh, you know, unheard of recovery. Um, but I don't buy it. Uh, I just it really worries me taking running backs coming off uh, that year that they come back coming off of a serious knee injury. And he had one of the most serious that you can have. I mean, every single ligament mm. basically in his knee was torn. OK. And then some and then some. Right. And then some. Exactly. Um you know, it's not like a Brees Hall injury where it was pretty clean, you know, tear, at least from my understanding. And I just think it's too risky for me this season. Um, I'll take him next year. Absolutely. I like our running backs that that year after they come yeah. back. Look at Saquon Barkley, right? The year after he came back was, you know, phenomenal. Um, but just that first year they're coming back. I just it's just too much for me. Um, you know, I'm glad to be wrong on this one. Absolutely glad to be wrong on this one. I'm just going to let somebody else experience it this year for me. I think that's why we have to eliminate him from this list because your feelings on him um, are very similar, clearly, uh, to other FFPC and KFFSC players because they're just not moving this guy up the board. They've had Mm -hmm. ample opportunity to do it. They haven't done it. If it hasn't happened yet, it ain't going to happen. We're taking him off the board. We've already taken Ridley off the board. Similar to Javante Williams, uh, with the injury being the big bugaboo there, I think the age thing and and the injury history for Darren Waller is going to prevent him from making a big jump up. So feel free to disagree with me, but I think Waller should be taken off. It's a great story, but tight end four at the 309, how much more can we hype this guy up based on where he's going now? To me, this list comes down to two people, Stacey. Mm -hmm. It's Jahan Dotson and Jameer Gibbs. Who is going to be the hype guy for this season between those two players? And, and remember, the other thing that Dotson has working in, in, in his favor is this McLaurin injury that we discussed earlier, too. Well, I think I think it's got to be Dotson. I mean, I think that he I think we've already seen Gibbs go almost, you know, mm-hmm. in the right there in the second round. I don't know. You can you can only get one round higher. OK, but Dotson, I mean, he just continues to climb and climb and climb. Um, he's just got so much opportunity there again, too, with the you know, even before the injury to McLaurin, I was all aboard the hype train for him. 
Um, and now this just even kind of cements it even further. You know, if this continues to be a nagging thing with McLaurin, I could foresee him being the number one receiver without a doubt in Washington. Um, and Can I you? think for a guy, oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead, please, please <laughs> I go ahead. Say, I think for a guy to go from like, you know, eighth round, um, you know, all the way up to where he's probably going to end up this weekend, which is probably a lot higher than, you know, where he's even going today. Um, you know, I think, I think that he's got to be the guy. So uh, a few things here to, to put a button on this conversation. Jameer Gibbs was the hype guy maybe a month or so ago, as you pointed out. Can't be the hype guy anymore. You can't be the hype guy with when you're running back nine at the 305. It's just it's not going to happen. Um, Jahan Dotson, who is going to be this year's hype guy, um, I think is is we just I, I mean we we had the perfect exhibit for him being hyped up. That the fact that he went in the mid third round of a fantasy pros championship draft two days ago, where somebody's poning up 350 bucks to win a million bucks. That that's a perfect example. We're getting the guy on the crescendo, or we're getting a guy before the crescendo here, yeah. which is about to happen. Um, last year, I asked you this question. You said Alan Lazard, and and while he did move up, uh, he did move the needle a little bit uh, as far as his ADP goes those last couple of weeks. I don't think I, I think Dotson is is going to be that times ten. Yeah. I, for the for a lot of the same reasons, my hype guy last year was Gabe Davis. Now that didn't come to fruition, but again, this is the big uh, misconception about this. We're not telling you about a player that is going to exceed his draft expectations. Mm -hmm. We're telling you about a player that we as high stakes players believe uh, is going to go up rightly or wrongly is going yeah. to go up in drafts. And, and Dotson is going to be the guy this year. He is the hype man. I couldn't have done it without you, Stacy. Yeah. Thank you. This was so much fun. Balky. I had a blast. It, 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 it's always a blast doing the show with you. Uh, tell us more about your show, fantasy and mm -hmm. frames. Tell us what it's about and when new episodes are coming out and where people can consume them. Yeah, guys. So um, I'm a part of Fantasy and Frames. Um, we have got, uh, obviously, a YouTube channel that you can find us on. Just look up Fantasy and Frames. We have all sorts of shows. I um, currently um, co-host the Dynasty 365 show. Um, there they are in the chat. There's my guys. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's on Wednesday nights at 8 o'clock every week. Um, they've got some IDP guys that are on there that are amazing. If you're into IDP fantasy, they've got some redraft guys that are great. Um, you know, we just got all sorts of things in there, whatever kind of fantasy football that you're interested in, there is, you can find something, um, for you at fantasy and frames. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's been so great, such a great group of people. And, and I just, I just love them so much and been a part of their group since, um, January of this year and couldn't have landed in a better spot. And we will continue to follow you on Twitter at Stacy underscore Perez 83. Did you change your handle on that? I did. That's what I thought. I, did. <laughs> I was looking for it and I'm like, God, did she change this? I think it's different than it was last year. It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It used to be my first and middle name. And I just went ahead and made it uh, first and last name there. But there's a lot well, of Perez's out there. So I had to put a number. <laughs> you have to. And and obviously you're, you're, you're a podcast. You're a streaming host now. You, ha you have to to do it as professionally as possible. And I'm telling you this, you know, based on like, you're already an attorney. So I don't know how much more professional you could get than that. Um, Stacy, I want to thank you uh, for joining me on this journey tonight. Hopefully we got everybody set for their drafts this weekend and, and going forward as this is the last HSFFR we're going to do until the season starts. Um, and uh, I, no offense. I hope I don't see you at my draft table the rest of the weekend. Cause it was not, it was not fun drafting next to you and James Bednar on this last draft, but good luck in all your drafts this weekend. And I'm sure I'll run into you again. It's, it's always fun hanging out with you. 
Absolutely, Valky. Have a great night. I'll see you later. Right. You got it. Stacy Perez from Fantasy in Frames. Of course, check her out on Twitter at Stacy underscore Perez 83. Jahan Dotson is your hype guy for 2023. I want to thank Stacy Perez, the KFFSC, the FFPC, Rob Rice, and of course, each and every one of you. Uh, we will be back. We'll be taking a two-week hiatus. Uh, we are off next week because of the Fantasy Pros Championship Draftathon, and then we're off the following week because of the live events at uh, Planet Hollywood in Las Vegas for the FFPC. So we will be back the Friday following week one of the season. That will be when Farrell and I uh, bring on another guest uh, for your viewing pleasure as we try to help you navigate the 2023 fantasy football season. In case you missed it last night on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on the Better Sports Network, I already said Ryan Reynolds from the 33rd team and established the run was my guest. A lot of good stuff on there if you're looking for last-minute draft advice. We got through a lot of stuff uh, last night, especially for you volume drafters out there. For those of you who are becoming volume drafters this late in the season, we got into a lot of great knowledge there. So check that out on any of the FFPC social media channels, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. It's on there right now, as well as bettersports.com. Remember, you can win a $1 million grand prize in the FFPC main event, a $1 million grand prize in the Fantasy Pros Championship, the latter of which just $350 uh, to enter. Uh, and you can do that right now, myffpc.com. Uh, you will get a $50 discount on every third team you purchase. Uh, I know um, we put this out earlier this week, so I could probably say it. The cap on this contest is about 20000 just over 20000 We think based on history, uh, it's probably going to come in right around 17000 So we're probably, you know, we're going to fall short, um, which is, is great for you, the player, uh, because you can come in and and really make uh, make a difference and maybe become the next FFPC millionaire. Don't forget uh, forget about the Superflex Best Ball Tournament, the Best Ball Tournament, all our dynasty leagues. Again, never had a league fold in more than 10 years, and we have 1,500 of them. FFPC is your home for dynasty fantasy football. Don't forget to like this video, subscribe to the channel, comment, and share it, and get notified uh, anytime we go live, which we will be going live. We're, we're not, the FFPC YouTube channel is not going dark for two weeks. We're going to have plenty more uh, live draft coverage coming up, including live draft coverage from the events at Planet Hollywood. So we'll have a lot more content for you as we have just 16 days of drafting left before the start of the season. Thanks so much for watching, everybody. Uh, Stacy's already on her way to her draft. I got to get to my auction. It's going to be a great weekend at the KFFSC. If you uh, missed out on playing live this year, make sure you're checking it out. KFFSC.com. Plenty of online stuff still available going forward until the start of the season. Thank you so much for watching, everybody. Good luck in your drafts. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. I think um, because I do so much media and and, and um, do um, a lot of other stuff that doesn't involve drafting, I, I don't get to draft as many teams as I'd like, and I, like, I wish I could draft more. And I'm telling you, I know I've never drafted before uh, the show uh, on, on this weekend before with the FF or with the KFFSC. Today it was, it was a first, and there is just no substitute for drafting. We can talk about it. We can watch live streams. We can read content. We can listen to podcasts. There is no substitute from getting out there and drafting yourself to really find. It really teaches you 
uh, how to hone in on the players that you want to get. You find out who you like and who you don't like when you are on the clock. And it's something that that I always say that this, this first draft, it really preps you for the rest of the weekend. Um, and I feel like I got a good base in, and now I can go and, and go hog wild in all these drafts and, and really know um, what I should be doing. And that's the case with the FFPC too. Uh, we love that you watch all this stuff and, and listen and check out all the content that we provide you from our partners in the emails, but there's no substitute for drafting. Get out there and draft. It's going to be a fantastic weekend of drafting. Only 16 days left. Get it in while you can. Thanks for watching, everybody. We will talk with you again in three weeks from uh, three weeks from today after week one of the NFL season.